Well, it's been a while. I haven't done a podcast in almost two weeks at this point. Nothing since the Super Bowl 55 recap, but we're back at it here on Cut to the Chase. And as always, I'm your host, Chase Williams. And I gotta admit, I'm pretty busy anymore. I mean, between 18 credit hours here at college, two campus jobs, prepping for the football season here at Elon, I've just got a lot going on. So I will be honest, I don't know how consistently podcasts will come out for the next few months. I'll do my best. You guys all know that I, in fact, do love doing these podcasts, but it's hard to find time. It's hard to find guests. And so today we're doing it solo. Um... Since I haven't done a podcast in so long, there is a lot I want to talk about. And so it's going to be a mixture of college basketball, a little bit of football, and some NBA. So let's hop right into it. I promised you guys a college basketball podcast. I'm still cheating you guys just a little bit because it's not going to be fully college basketball just because I haven't watched a ton of it. Um but uh, this is this is what you guys are getting. So if you guys, hopefully you enjoy, but hopping right into it. I mean, it's been a tough season because on one hand, we've had a lot of teams be really inconsistent this year besides the top two, honestly. That's Gonzaga and Baylor. I mean, after that, I don't think there's a clear number three team. I know the Michigan Wolverines are number three right now and have been pretty consistent one loss all year, but... They also, I mean, they were just supposed to play a top 10 team in Illinois and obviously couldn't because they were, they were quarantining with the uh, COVID outbreak there up there in Ann Arbor. But, I mean, going back to it, we'll talk about the, the Big Ten and those teams in a second. Um, Gonzaga and Baylor, they're the two best teams. Butler, Suggs, leading both of those teams prospectively. I mean, they're just two great teams. We were supposed to see them face off early in the season. I believe that was supposed to be down in Texas and or in Indianapolis, actually, and we did not get to see that happen due to some COVID issues, a COVID scare on Gonzaga's side. So hopefully we do get to see that sometime in the in the near future in the tournament. Um, it would be kind of a boring tournament if these are our final two teams, but these are two of the best college basketball teams we've seen in a long time. They're extremely consistent. They're extremely deep. They remind me, well, this Baylor team reminds me very much of like a early 2010s, late 2000s Duke team. Never had any guys that really blew me away as like top generational talents going into the NBA, though Jared Butler is a very, very good player and will probably be a lottery pick in my opinion. But this team just works really well together. A lot of consistent guys, they know their roles, they play well, and because of that, Baylor's so good. Gonzaga's got Jalen Suggs. I've talked about Jalen Suggs. He's about the only time I've mentioned college basketball at all on my podcast. But that guy is phenomenal, I have to say. Both of these teams, I think, really are good. And the two clear favorites to meet up on Monday night in April, that will be somewhere in Indianapolis for the national championship. But, I mean, my question really is, what other teams have a chance? And I think the first thing you look at is the Big Ten. They have a lot of good teams. You know, I just mentioned Michigan, who's three. Ohio State, which I believe is four. Illinois, who's five. And then Iowa, Luca Garza. You can't tell me that they don't have a chance, even though they've been a little bit wishy-washy during conference play. Let's touch on Michigan really quickly. I, I am more of a Michigan football fan than basketball fan, but I've been following them. Always do, but especially since I will admit they are pretty good this year. Um, I would love to see them play Illinois. I believe this weekend they're supposed to play Ohio State. That will be a game I watch on Sunday. 
Um, but I think these three teams, Michigan, Ohio State, Illinois, are the top three teams easily in the Big Ten. Illinois has got probably the best team with uh, uh, AO and then as well as Coburn, those two, as, as well as they have a lot of young talent, they're going to be good for a while, I think. Illinois, for the first time, looks like they have a really, really good future, and it's been fun to watch. Of course, Ohio State's been very good. Michigan's been very good. I'm just not willing to count out Luca Garza and Iowa, though I think both Illinois and Michigan, for sure, I don't know enough about Ohio State to tell you about Ohio State, but I know the Wolverines and Fighting Illini both definitely have a big man that can, I'm not going to say stop Garza, but definitely can slow him down. Looking outside the Big Ten, though, what other teams I think have a chance? Virginia, it's a good team. I haven't heard a ton about them. They don't have that star player, but you always know a Bennett-led team from Virginia is going to do very, very good. Coach Bennett is one of the best. They're a great defensive team, and so I would not count them out. Houston's been very good. I don't know if Houston can do it. They may be one of those top teams that gets bounced early, but Houston is, in fact, a good team. And then I would take another level down, and then we're looking at another team from potentially the Big 12, whether that's Oklahoma or West Virginia. I feel like those two teams are very even with each other. And I don't know that they're a real national championship threat, but they could upset any or beat any of the teams above them, even though they both had shots at Baylor and have not been able to. But the top of college basketball is not as interesting as the Blue Bloods. You've noticed I really haven't mentioned Duke, Kentucky, UNC, Kansas, or Michigan State because they all suck. I mean, that's no secret to anyone. It's been very interesting. They've all been pretty bad. You saw Duke fall apart pretty early. Kentucky fall apart pretty early. UNC has been very inconsistent throughout the year. Um, Kansas fell apart at the beginning of Big 12 play. Michigan State fell apart at the beginning of Big 10 play. These teams just aren't good. But I want to highlight the Blue Devils. And that's because Jalen Johnson really opted out with less than, a, less than a month to go in the season. And I'll talk in a second about why I think these teams are struggling and why this college basketball season is so weird. And same with college football. I mean, this was the same reason I thought college football season was kind of unique. But Jalen Johnson opted out. And I want to talk about his last game. His last game was, I believe, against Notre Dame. It was, in fact, a victory. And he didn't make a shot that game. He had one of the worst games he's had all season. He ended up with three points, all coming from the free throw line. But he was awful. And as much as I want to believe for the sake of him that he is opting out so that he can focus on the NBA draft, the man quit on the season. He hasn't been playing well. And, you know, Duke's not been good. The man quit on the season. And that's kind of really depressing to say. It's not at all what you want to see from any player it's just if you're going to opt out opt out during the first half not the second half of the season when things got tough when he started struggle he opted out that's a disappointment he is a freshman and i can't even imagine what was going like you know trying to get used to a system as a freshman at duke through covid over zoom from your home all types of things and of course there were time on campus but it's just it's it's crazy. Like, I can't imagine it, but I don't like how he opted out in the last month of the season. It's not a good look for him. It's not a good look for Duke. And I wonder if it'll affect his draft stock. But as a whole, I think this college basketball season has been so unique for 
multiple reasons, obviously, because we've seen two teams absolutely dominate. Um, they seem like clear-cut number one and number two. Um, also, the Blue Bloods have sucked, but I think it all comes back to COVID. I mean, these teams, as I just talked about, you know, freshmen had to get used to the system from home, um, didn't get as much time with the team. There weren't the practices, the workouts, etc., to go on, and I think it's making for a crazy college basketball season. I also think it's crazy that the whole tournament's going to go on in Indiana, in Indiana as a whole, I think that's crazy. It's cool, but it's crazy. I kind of wish it wasn't that way. As in fact, I'm nowhere near Indiana, but there's not really going to be fans anyways. And it's just, it's a little bit of a disappointment, but this season's been insane. I'm excited to see how it plays out. You'll probably see me talk, hopefully next week, about that Michigan versus Ohio State game. Talk more about Big Ten basketball, who I think the top teams are and who is the best, because I think this game on Sunday should say a lot. But that's kind of just my little blurb on college basketball. I don't have a ton to say. It's been a unique season. It's not been super fun to watch because we've had two teams dominate, a lot of inconsistency, and it is what it is. But I did want to cover a little bit. I've been paying enough attention, really did my research, just try to get enough out there so I could talk a little bit about it. Hopefully I'll talk more about it as we start to see some of the conference championships come up as well as the um, – NCAA tournament, of course, but we're going to take a quick break here and cut to the chase. And once we get back, we'll talk about the Carson Wentz trade as well as a lot of NBA news. Welcome back into Cut to the Chase, and let's hop right back into it. You know, this morning before I start recording this, I almost recorded this last time. I'm glad I waited till today because we saw Carson Wentz get traded to the Colts today. And one thing I didn't mention actually in my intro is I have to give a shout out to Elon University where I go. We got a little bit of an ice day. It let me calm down my life and, in fact, get the chance to record this. And so that's why I was going to record it last night, but I was hanging out with some friends. It was one of their birthdays. So, you know, had to wait till tonight and it paid off because Carson Wentz got traded and the NBA All-Star starters were in fact announced, which we'll go over both here. But starting off with the Carson Wentz, he was traded for a second round pick and a third round pick. And that second round pick is conditional, could move up to the first round. Very interesting. But I think the most interesting thing about this is Philadelphia breaks a record for the most amount of dead cap with about $33.8 million, if I remember correctly. And that's that's insane amount. That's about a third of their third a third of their roster that the third of their free agency money that they can't really use. And that's just that's really tough for them. But to talk about this trade, um I think on Indianapolis's perspective, it's huge. I think it's a risk worth taking. Of course he Wentz was the quarterback under what well, I believe I think their coach's name is Reich is how you pronounce it but coach Reich was Philadelphia's offensive coordinator when Philadelphia won the Super Bowl Carson Wentz had an MVP type season and it, it makes sense for them to make this trade it's a little bit risky with the way Carson Wentz has played and all the money he's owed but I think this is the best scenario for him this is where I think he wants to go I think they wanted him. If I'm honest, I think it's going to be about a Philip Rivers type season. If not, maybe a little bit better, maybe a little bit worse. Um, but my guess is we'll get a very similar result. 
which is much better than if they were starting someone like Jacoby Brissett this upcoming season. But on Philadelphia's side, it's interesting because they have so much dead cap now, and I don't think that's a good look for them. In fact, they also talked about how they weren't going to move on from Wentz. You know, that's just, I think that looks bad with the media and the fact that, you know, now they're going to be trying to get free agents and there's just trust. It's something maybe I'm reading into too much as a fan, but I find that very, very interesting. And then also... I think it'll be interesting to see, do they, I don't trust Jalen Hurts yet, he did not have a bad, like, rookie season from the small amount we gotta see from him, but I don't know he's, that he is, in fact, the future, I'll be interested to see, maybe if they draft a quarterback in the draft this year, I mean, some people think they may go after a Zach Wilson, a Justin Fields, and that would be interesting, I would like to see, I think Justin Fields would be a great pickup if they can get him, I'm not a huge Zach Wilson fan, I know, He's jumping up to two, even one on some people's big board, which if he gets drafted before Trevor Lawrence, which I think there's no way in hell it happens. But if he does, that will absolutely blow my mind. But I think there's it's hard to say that the Eagles got destroyed in this trade until we see what happens with obviously these picks as well as maybe who they draft this year, because if they do draft another quarterback, It'll be interesting, but I totally understand it because I am not a believer in Jalen Hurts. I like him. I hope for the best, but I just don't know that he's going to fit into the into the NFL and really be a true starter over the next few years. So I think Indianapolis, for sure, this trade makes sense, you know. But then on the other hand, the Eagles, I'm curious to see what happens with them. I'm not giving up on them yet, but I am for sure not going to say that I think that they made a great decision here. But for the most part, I want to I want to move on from the NFL. You know, the season's over. I will be talking of course draft free agents as as that stuff comes up again like this trade. But I want to move over to the NBA and one thing I want to talk about and it pains me to say this is my Miami Heat. They do play tonight just last night. They lost a heartbreaker in overtime to Steph Curry and the Warriors where they had a 10 plus point lead for most of that game before that they lost to the clippers on monday 125 118 and that clippers team was not playing paul george or Kawhi leonard before that on saturday they lost to the jazz no surprise there the jazz are the hottest team in the nba and then they have not won since that rockets game they've had a three game slide since coming back against the rockets hopefully that can change tonight as they play in sacramento before a saturday night primetime game against the lakers but the heat they're 11 and 17 and they just this is the worst heat team i've seen since deon waiters led them to 10 and 31 in the first half of the season and then they turned around and ended up 41 and 41 in the second half but i'm not sure this team can turn it around if I'm honest it's tough and part of it is we're not seeing those same players give the heart they were last year and that's true of outside the bubble and inside um, I don't want to hear the bullshit of oh the heat got helped by being in the bubble if you believe that that's great um, I think everyone benefited a little bit from that I mean the heat probably did too for sure but they took advantage of their situation let's not bash them for making the finals even if it was whatever I'm a Heat fan I'm just not I'm not going into that um but one thing I do want to talk about is Duncan they've teams have figured out Duncan Robinson a little bit Duncan Robinson's had a decent decent season but 
it's not he's not been the same threat he was before if i'm honest he's just he's he's not um he's a great player i love duncan robinson but right now the miami heat look really really stupid for not in fact trading for james harding even if they had to give up robinson and uh tyler hero this year you know he's had 12 and a half points um that's points are about the only thing we really use him for but he is shooting under 40 percent and like i'm not complaining his 38.9 percent of that uh three-point percentage is not terrible um it's not bad at all actually but compared to like last year it was much higher um it's a little bit sad of course he shot 30 percent from three against the warriors 27 percent from three against the Clippers it's just he's been figured out a little bit I think that's really tough as well as they don't have the defensive pieces they're really missing Jay Crowder obviously Avery Bradley's been injured for them I think they will I think for example they win last night if Avery Bradley's playing uh Curry hit a tough three in overtime over Kendrick Nunn and I actually have to say I've been loving how Kendrick Nunn's been playing recently um but I think if Avery Bradley's out there he's guarding Curry there and I mean, Curry could have hit that shot over literally anyone. Um, that was unguardable. But I think I just think having Avery Bradley would have really helped the team there. Um, but as a whole, you know, not re-signing Jay Crowder, they really don't have a solid player to play the four. All of that makes it really, really, really tough for them. Of course, they've been hit by injuries. They've dealt with COVID issues already. Everything's gone wrong with the Heat on top of the fact that they have just not played well. Um, but with that being said, I don't think they have a chance in the East unless they make a trade. I'm hoping no one trades for Blake Griffin. The Clippers buy him out, and Blake Griffin decides to go to Miami. I doubt that will happen with the way Miami's playing, but you know, you never know. Um, also, side note, saw Stephen A. Smith at say that Blake Griffin needs to apologize to the Clippers and get back on the Clippers team when he is bought out. Uh, Stephen A., I want to know why you're on the weed, as you would say. Um, don't don't ever say that. Uh, the Clippers told him he was the future. The Clippers told him he is their franchise star. They said, we're going to sign you to extension. You're going to be here the rest of your career and traded him less than two years later. Not sure exactly what he did wrong there. So if Stephen A, you want to come on the podcast and uh, explain to me, I would love to understand a little bit more. But um, yeah, I'm just really confused about that one, if I'm honest. But anyways, I hope the Heat sign um, Blake Griffin, fill that four space as well as, you know, either get Oladipo or... Bradley Beal in the upcoming year. This may be a year where they just don't do much, um, which is not not fun, um, but it is what it is. So I think the Heat maybe are dead for the season, honestly. I think they could squeeze into the playoffs, but unless they make a major turnaround and make it soon, I don't know that this team's going to be a team that can really do much in the playoffs, sadly. But speaking, going from a team I really disliked, right now and that's my Miami Heat I dislike them because of I just don't think they're playing how they can to a team I really enjoy right now that's the Phoenix Suns they are in fact my officially my second favorite team in the NBA this year Chris Paul Devin Booker um D Book's not looking like the greatest MVP choice but I do love Devin Booker he's been playing great as well as Chris Paul I mean he elevates every team he's on I just 
I love that. I love Chris Paul. I love Devin Booker. Also, Devin Booker, side note for all my sneakerheads, has been wearing some of the coolest Kobe 6s I've ever seen. Um, Nike, please release those. I am begging you to release those. But anyways, this seems just so much fun. They got Jay Crowder from the Miami Heat. I love Jay. Uh, DeAndre Aiden's been playing really, really well. This team's just so talented, so good. I think they're not a threat in the West, but a team that can go deeper in the West than people realize. I'm really excited to see what happens with this team. Um, but a team I'm actually worried about out West is the defending champions, the Los Angeles Lakers. And I still think there's a good chance they could go back to back. But as everyone's talking about right now, Anthony Davis, injury issues. It's scary. I I just want to know what's going on there, you know. Um, but um, it's it's something that I think could affect the Lakers. I don't think the Lakers should make any moves unless they know there's a bigger problem than the fans know about um so i think that is something to keep your eye on i think the lakers if you see the lakers make a move they should go after blake griffin you know andre drummond obviously a big someone who can there's no replacing anthony davis but someone who can um do the most to help replace that production that anthony davis gives the los angeles lakers Finally, last topic I want to talk about here on the podcast tonight is the All-Star Game. Um, Starting off, I think it's kind of stupid that they're having an All-Star Game. Also, I understand that it may not work out and that there's reasons that I don't fully know about, but Indianapolis was supposed to be the All-Star Game. They canceled it. They've now decided, yes, we'll have one at the beginning of March. And my guess is because of tournaments, college basketball tournament, Um, between conference and the NCAA tournament they could not do it Indianapolis plus Indianapolis does deserve a real true all-star week in host city Um, but that bothers me kind of that they're having a tournament especially when it seems like the players don't want to have one even though the players voted for it to be okay so I'm really confused um But it is what it is. Um, But starters were announced tonight. And the one thing I want to talk about is Luka Doncic was a guard starter over Damian Lillard. And so I'm going to tie in my player of the week, player of the episode, and that's Damian Lillard. Lillard's had a much better season than Luka. Everyone knows it. And it's only because of the fan vote, every other aspect of the vote, Damian Lillard did, in fact, get the nod to be a starter but the fan vote made it so Luca is in fact the starter I mean Lillard is third in scoring shooting scoring 29.8% 7.7 assists he's on a team that's 18 and 10 one six straight and that's without his co-star CJ McCollum as well as Joseph Yo- Joseph Nurkic the big man that's been playing pretty good when he's not injured for the Trailblazers. So I think it's it bothers me that Doncic got the start over him. Also, if you were watching the NBA TNT announcers talk about who they think are going to make the reserves, it really blew my wa- mind. I believe it was Kenny the Jet Smith who decided that um, Donovan Mitchell 
is not even going to make the All-Star game. Of course, as I mentioned before, the Jazz, best team in the NBA by record right now, won like 23 of 24 games or something crazy like that. They're phenomenal. And while I understand why he has not elected a starter, I think he is a clear, clear cut player to make the All-Star game. I don't believe that Rudy Gobert should be the only Jazz player in the All-Star game. I think for sure Mitchell should be as well. Potentially we could see what's going to be the sixth man of the year, most likely if things keep on going the way they are with Jordan Clarkson, who scored 40 the other night off the bench, which is just amazing. I mean, Grant for Jeremiah Grant for the Detroit Pistons scored 43. I mean, he was starting, but still, he's been having a phenomenal season. These games are just going under the radar, which blow me away. But also, I think either Clarkson or Conley should be an all-star for the, for the Jazz out west. But it just blew my mind that some think only Gobert should be the only all-star on this Jazz team. And that just doesn't sit right with me. Just like Damian Lillard not being an all-star starter doesn't. Again, he is my player of the episode. He's been playing phenomenal, doing it all. He is the most clutch player in the NBA. I just... I don't, I don't get it, um, but in fact, Luca will be starting, and that's okay. I know people love Luca. Who knows what will happen? I, I would love to see if players are really that upset about the All-Star game. Just opt out. Just opt out. I don't know what would happen if they even can, but I think it would be fun to see a, a player just say no. No, no, especially LeBron. LeBron went, had the shortest offseason of all time and play at MVP level, let him have his break, give it to him, but we'll see what happens. That's all I got for this episode. Again, thank you guys for listening as always. Sorry that there's been such a big break. It's been a while. The flow of this podcast honestly doesn't feel the same, partially because I'm by myself, also because I haven't done one in so long. So I'm sorry if this one has not been as good as others, but again, thank you for listening as always. This has been Cut to the Chase, and we out.